I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look. My guest today is Jeff Stern, Chief Engagement Officer of the National Runaway Safe Line. It's good to have you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. What are some of the factors that cause somebody to run away? Your question is particularly pertinent at the moment. National Runaway Safe Line just produced our um, 2020 crisis services and data report. The reasons people cite for leaving home most consistently are family dynamics. You know, arguments, disagreements with parents, with siblings, with step family, and many other things, divorce, all sorts of things that could be affecting family life at home. Interestingly, these numbers sort of increase in 2020 from what we had seen in the past. In 2019, about 57% of contact reported family dynamics, whereas in 2020, 88% indicated that. Granted, remember that that doesn't necessarily mean that when people are reaching out, they've actually left home. In fact, in 2020, we had the highest proportion of people reaching out while still at home. Again, I think COVID probably has a lot to do with that in that people were stuck at home, right? And in some cases, that even could have been a dangerous situation and not a good thing. So people were at home more, but it probably also does speak to the fact that hopefully people are reaching out to us before, as I like to say, um, a crisis hits boiling point. Another key reason why people reach out to us that we really want to point out that I think really highlights the impact of the past couple of years with COVID is for the first time, mental health reasons as a reason cited by people um, who reach out to the National Railway Safe Line. Mental health has cracked our top five reasons for the first time. And I think, I don't know that we need to go into too much depth, right, in terms of understanding why related to COVID and the challenges that is put on every person, myself included, let alone a young person in crisis situations. So mental health has cracked our top five and has proven to be a reason people are reaching out. Perhaps that also does go to the fact that mental health is a topic that people are starting to feel more comfortable talking about and admitting as an area of concern, which perhaps is positive that we're taking that step in our in our society as well. But either way, we're seeing the challenges faced by young people in terms of their mental health across our country, for sure. We as adults have somewhat of a framework for things like experiencing anxiety or depression or stress. But when you're young, oftentimes this is a first. I think you're 100% right on that. I find this to be really interesting. National Runaway Safe Line focuses on serving young people ages 12 to 21. And the most common age range we serve annually tends to be 15 to 17. That continued in 2020, um, even with COVID. What's fascinating, though, is that the number of people who reached out to us under the age of 15 increased 53% that year. So younger people are reaching out. But I do think it highlights the challenges being faced at younger and younger ages. What is your website and phone number? Our main points of contact are our hotline, which is at 1-800-RUNAWAY. Um, so you call that and you will get connected to our organization and our crisis services center and speak to a real person. We have trained staff and trained volunteers to help and provide confidential, non-judgmental, um, non-directive support to help people relieve crisis situations. We also have a website at 1-800-RUNAWAY.org that includes live chat 
Um, we're building a live texting function that's more robust in the coming year. We also have an email service. So that obviously would be something we would respond to and not be responding to in, in real time. We also have on our website a forum. And that forum is visited by hundreds of thousands of people every year and has proven to be extremely effective. Um, even if I don't necessarily actively participate by, by posing a question, I might find an answer there. So through our 1-800-RUNAWAY hotline and then through the digital services available at 1-800-RUNAWAY.org, that's how young people can reach us. But it also includes links for parents and resources for parents, families, um, concerned adults, and service providers. More and more what we do in our organization is related to prevention, providing resources for partner organizations, organizations we refer young people to through our services to have the resources at their fingertips, potentially from us, where that would be helpful. If you've just joined us, I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look, and I'm speaking with Jeff Stern, who is the Chief Engagement Officer at the National Runaway Safe Line. What happens when a young person calls that 1-800-RUNAWAY? When a young person reaches us, again, they will speak to a live person. Um, I think there's sometimes in the past we've seen misconceptions that they're going to get. You know, if it's through our digital services or, or even on the phone line, they're going to get a bot or something like that. That is not the case. There is a live person taking a call with trained staff and volunteers um, looking to support young people in a range of situations. While we are the National Runaway Safe Line, we field calls from young people from parents, concerned family members, friends, along with service providers looking for answers on a range of issues. And as I said, many people reaching out from home, potentially um, facing issues, but before they have hit the point that they might have run away or faced homelessness in and of itself. Um, when people connect with our services, again, they'll have a conversation um, with somebody. Our services are non-directive. We're not, we want to help young people find solutions and figure out what steps are right for them. And offering levels of confidentiality we know is important, but at the same time, our folks do a wonderful job of making meaningful connections with the people who connect with us. The next step is to hopefully provide some opportunity towards resolution. And we have several programs, several things that can happen um, where we link young people and family members to. We have about 6,500 resources across the country. So if somebody in Seattle reaches out, we can look into our database. If somebody wants a location of a substance abuse, a place for substance abuse, an opportunity for a, a shelter in a local community in Seattle. I'm using Seattle just as an example, but we can, we can reach out to those resources and provide them um, the contact information for those resources to then take the next steps towards safety. One program that we always love to highlight that's proven to be extremely successful and extremely impactful is our Home Free program. Um, this is a program we refer some people who, who potentially already have run away or left home, faced homelessness, and are looking to either return home or get to a place of safety. And this program is run in partnership with Greyhound Lines, and we've worked with them since 1995. And together, we connect a young person essentially with a bus ticket to a location where they are either going home or to a place of safety or a family member um, to take the next step. And there's, there's follow-up along the way and ensuring that somebody is going to a place of safety. But it's been a tremendously successful, wonderful program that we work on together in, in 2020, for example, that year alone, we had over 300 people 
who are able to make use of that service. How extensive is the runaway and homeless youth crisis in our country? There's a report that comes out of Chapin Hall at the University of Chicago. It's a research institute, and they estimate approximately 4.2 million young people have run away or have experienced homelessness in a given year. We also assume that number is probably an underrepresentation. And, you know, our organization in particular, we serve about 125,000 young people and and parents and families a year through our services, but it's an issue that that affects people across the country. We see that it impacts rural areas, urban areas alike, even in areas where people might not realize it's something that affects their community. Certainly for people to experience homelessness doesn't mean that you literally have to be sitting on a sidewalk. You know, people leave home for a range of reasons, whether they're, they're asked to leave, whether they leave so they might be kicked out and people might not just be living on the street. They might be in cars. They might be couch surfing. So there's a lot of situations involved when we talk about homelessness that adds up to a figure that, again, is is estimated about 4.2 million people annually. Just to kind of clear up any glamour that might be associated with life on the streets, what is it like for a young person to be homeless and out on the streets. Everybody's situation, of course, is unique. If there are misconceptions of the fact that young people do this because they they want to, I would say that is exactly that, a, a misconception. In the experience that we've had in the work that we do, I would generally say this is a last resort for people who have run away, whether it's because they don't feel safe in their own home, whether it's because they've been kicked out. This is not something young people generally want. Of course, I'm generalizing, but but I think that's, that's pretty consistent throughout the work that we do. You know, there's a lot of things that people face when on the streets, whether it's food insecurity, whether it's human trafficking is a legitimate concern for folks out on the street, whether it's finding jobs, um, finding opportunities for money. Well, it's just a myriad of things. Safety is a legitimate concern as well. School, right? Access to education to then get themselves out of their situation becomes that much more of a challenge while in situations of, of homelessness. So there are so many things that young people face and whether they realize that, that they are going to or not um, upon leaving home, there are just so many challenges that it certainly is not something that should be glamorized, for lack of a better word. It is not glamorous and it's something that I think most young people want to avoid and want to resolve. What are some of the factors that would put them at risk for experiencing homelessness? One big thing is education level. There's an indication that they have a statistic that says that young adults with less than a high school diploma or GED were four and a half times more likely to report experiencing homelessness than their peers who completed high school. Young people who experienced homelessness were less likely to enroll in college, similarly. The other things that's interesting to see is things that are risk factors for homelessness, kind of parallel risk factors for other things we see in our society, other challenges that people face. So we see, for example, that members of the LGBTQ community, there is certainly a disproportionate number of folks who um, do experience homelessness in that community. And the same goes for minority uh, racial and ethnic groups, where we see that that people who are, for example, African-American, or we talk about Native American populations as well, and in the work we do a lot, and, and Latin American populations, we do see disproportionate numbers of young people who face homelessness. If there's somebody listening right now who is a young person who is facing a very difficult, unsafe home life, what can they do? There are a few different things. First of all, I think support networks are key. 
people who they trust. And that does not have to be people in their home who they can have conversations with and who can help direct them to resources whose ear they have. That can be networks that can be teachers, that can be coaches, that can be friends, that can be family members who are outside of your home. It can be service providers in the local community, whatever it is. Um, Having a local network and people to talk to and people to connect with, we see often is a huge, essentially, opportunity for avoiding running into leading that could potentially lead to homelessness. These are super important. The other thing I would say is whether it's a hotline like the National Runaway Safe Line, whether it's other services in the local community, knowing these resources, making sure that you're informed and that you do your research online to, to find these resources and know that they're at your disposal if you are in a tough situation and you're concerned this might be something that you need in the future is is a great idea. It's a great thing to do. I'll tell you also one thing we have on our website, just as an example, kind of just thinking this through, if you go to 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG, let's say you're a young person looking up our resources, but you're in a situation where you might not be in the safest situation, we have you know an X button to get off the page immediately, and it would take you directly to Google. So it's a way to make sure people can do their research, but we recognize that there are situations where you might not feel entirely safe and you might need to get out of there quickly. Um, you know, we, we try to account for these things and make it as um, user-friendly, as, as quick to, to reach us, and as kind of smartly created as possible to, to keep people as safe as possible. But again, to your question, having local resources, having a support network is just hugely important in terms of avoiding runaway and homeless incidents and to have those resources in cases if things do hit crisis so that people aren't on their own and they feel like they don't have anywhere to turn. What is your website and phone number again, please? Our website, 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, these prevention services. We have a, a curriculum called Let's Talk intended to help young people deal with situations better and they come in all sorts of modules that service providers can hopefully facilitate. We even have a National Runaway Prevention Month, which happens every November with partners across the country who help to shine a light on issues facing runaway and homeless youth. All of these things are available on our website through these resources. Jeff, how has working for this organization impacted you personally? Yeah, it's definitely opened my eyes to the crisis at hand. I've worked in nonprofit management in in different capacities. I've worked supporting young people in different communities in the education sphere. I've worked as a teacher. I'm also a performing artist, so I have interest in the arts and nonprofits in that sphere. But social services and affecting young people, it's made me extremely passionate about the issue. I think also it just makes you look differently at people and recognize people's situations are far more complex than you realize. And not just that they're more complex, but perhaps sometimes more out of their control than it seems that people who are, as I said before, with the misconception question, that that people are in situations not necessarily because they want to be, but because they've had experiences that have led them there, unfortunately, and can sometimes struggle to, to bring themselves out of it. So it certainly makes me look at different situations that people are in in a new way and with new eyes and new perspectives. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you, Jeff Stern, Chief Engagement Officer, National Runaway Safe Line. And you can get in touch with the National Runaway Safe Line at 1-800-RUNAWAY.ORG or by calling the hotline 1-800-RUNAWAY. Thank you, Jeff.
Thank you, Monica. Really appreciate your time. For Closer Look, I'm Monica Kelly.